On Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fordiegos.com. For auction your car, car auction this Saturday. And only the people of Brazil will satisfy him for <laughs> next week, but he's with us for one last time physically before he heads off to Rio. G'day, Carlos. How are you, Half? How are you going? Going very well, mate. How are you going? Yeah, really good. Uh, we're getting closer. The, getting the squad's been culled again. Is there a spring? You know, there is a... Yeah, well, I've got, yeah, I've got yeah, a spring in my, in, my, in my pants. Good. There's there's the uh, <laughs> verification that uh, I'm happy. But uh, <laughs> they've that. got that on speed dial, that I one. I love that. <laughs> But uh, they've culled the squad again, and you know, as much as uh, I feel for the boys, every time they cull the squad, I yeah. feel stronger. It's like they, they, they get rid of a layer that... that, that uh, not Adrian layer. No, no, they, they get rid of a layer of, of the squad that you know that as much as you love them, they weren't going to really get you to the next step for whatever reason the coach thinks. Right. So now we've got the culled squad. Right. And, and, and the guys who are going to take us all the way, who are strong, they're fit... Uh, the coach is confident in them. Yes. Uh, they lack experience, I know. Yes. And uh, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uncertainty about how they're going to go, but yeah. they're the best we can muster. <laughs> that doesn't exactly instill me with awesome confidence. No, the only, the only reason the why muster. By the way, I think you know, I think people would know if they listen to this segment. You know, probably probably last four or five weeks in talking about the Socceroos and talking about uh, the World Cup and so forth, that they know that I'm pretty pretty optimistic about the boys performing as well as they can and being very competitive over there and combative and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, the uh, As I said last week, the only problem I have is I don't know whether we've had enough games together to be able to go anywhere near what Ange wants us to do in, uh, in the way he wants to play. I think this squad, uh, and you pro- probably could tell by the way, uh, you know, he's... Uh, He's omitted some of the players from last night. This squad is probably a stepping stone squad to Asia Cup. He probably would have loved to have Tommy or uh, Tommy Rogic in the squad, uh, but his his body just couldn't hold up and he couldn't justify it uh, after that pre- uh, friendly game the other day. Right. So I just don't think we've played enough games together. Uh, even one or two more would have been would have given me a bit more confidence that we would have been right for that first game. But I don't think we're going to be right for that first game. Let's go through the cold. Yep. The the four gentlemen who were part of the initial twenty seven, well, the original thirty to twenty seven, and yesterday, last night, our time, were culled and left out of the twenty three man squad. You mentioned Tommy Rogic. Purely, yep. Is this purely an injury situation? From the, I mean, you, right? yeah. Look, obviously, you don't have access to what's in uh, Ange Postecoglou's head, you know. But I think he's been pretty honest. Uh, he's talked about giving him every opportunity, uh, throwing him into that practice match the other day against Club Piranha. Yeah, they gave the Club Piranha. Uh, oh, well, they, they were competitive. I mean, they just gave us a game. It wasn't. Uh, it was really for our second and third string boys to to get some match practice, and maybe for Ange and the coaching staff to get a little bit more of a clue about who was going to stay and who was going to go. Uh, and I think uh, Tom Rogic, he's done four. Uh, like uh, apparently he's been in the camp since day one, even before the overseas boys came back. So he's done about four or five hard weeks 
of uh, of training, and they threw him in for the first time in a competitive match, and he really, after a couple of minutes, he, he wasn't right. right. He, uh, I'm not sure whether it was a groin or something else, but they knew straight away his body wasn't going to hold up. But from what Ange said, uh, Rogic knew that himself also. Uh, didn't stop him being devastated at the news, but you know it seemed like it was just more of a logical uh, decision for him not to be playing, even yep. though I think they gave him every opportunity because he's one of the guys that they want to build their squad on in the future. Uh, the second one, uh, Josh Kennedy, is an interesting one. Yeah, big Josh. Uh, yeah, we, look, we talked about him last week. Yeah, and uh, look, he has been playing in Japan and scoring goals, but he's had a bit of a long-term back problem. Uh, apparently that flared up on the morning of the game, uh, that practice match he was going to be playing in that game. I I just wonder what his role would have been in the squad anyway, given that Ange doesn't play with uh, the tall timber up front and and uh, and you know, service the guys in the air as much as uh, other coaches might. And uh, given that he's already got Tim Cale to play that role, uh, and he probably has a player like Tim Cale, you know, the, the guy who's good in the air in the squad because it's Tim Cale. He's one of the best in the world at doing it. Yep. And if you've got someone like that, why not have him in the squad? But having two... I don't know whether Josh would have got much game time anyway, given that I think they're going to go with a mobile option up front, whether it's Leckie or Halloran or Tommy Orr or one of those guys, most likely Leckie, uh, a guy who can you know buffet his way around and, 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 and with enormous pace maybe get something out of nothing uh, and have Timmy Kale there as an option too. But I don't know whether he, he, there was any reason for him to go with two uh, guys who are good in the air. And, and that, uh, maybe that was part of the reason why they didn't persist with someone like Josh. He may have been ready in game two, yep. uh, and, but they decided to cut him. So you've got to be fully fit, according to Ange Postacoglu's. What we're reading into it anyway with Ange Postacoglu's 23-man squad. Mark Birigidi? Yeah, look, he was always there for the experience, really. Uh, Galekovic was always, as far as a, sec- a third goalkeeper would have been, always the, the one in place of him there. Yep. And uh, Mitch Langerak uh, and uh, Matt Ryan were the always one and two. So having said that, maybe Galekovic might have gone to two. I haven't heard much about how Mitch Langerak is going. I, I heard he maybe came into the squad with a into the camp with a little bit of an injury but maybe it's not but, but yeah but maybe it's not as bad as uh you know to keep him out of a game but Matty Ryan I think is uh, clearly number 1 he was Belgium goalkeeper of the year apparently played really well oh, well he, you know he's a guy that's impressed everyone at training so I think he'll go in to the Chile game as number one keeper with Galekovic and uh, Mitch Langerak, either two or three. By the way, if you want to have your say on the squad, the emissions la- last night, 9-4-2-9-11-16. The one that caused most debate last night from Carlos mm. and what I was uh, across was Luke Wilkshire not being named. What was your take on that? Well, it's interesting because apparently he was in the top three players in that practice match the other day. Uh, he came into the squad probably a little bit underdone. Uh, he was carrying a little bit of extra timber, they reckon. Oh. Yeah, so... Uh, and when he was asked, Ange wasn't as uh, as as conclusive as he was with the other two uh, or the other three. Uh, basically, he said, look, it's a mixture of balance. It's a mit- mixture of the individual. It's a mixture of um, how well he, how, how fit he is right now. It just seemed like it was uh, the vibe. It was maybe, maybe, maybe a bit of the vibe. He's got a vibe. Look, yeah. Look, and uh, it just seemed like uh, he, he made a call. Uh, the other thing that, confused me a little bit about that one is that Ivan Franich has been out injured with the, a couple of uh, knee injury. I think both his knees aren't right at the moment but they say he's going to be right for the Croatia game but we have no, no sort of specialist backup for that uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what he has in mind there. I, I immediately when, when, when uh, Luke Wilkshire wasn't picked in the squad I immediately sort of 
went around and, and wrote down my own squad and, and worked out who were going to be the backups for who I thought was a starting eleven. And with Franich, you've probably got someone like a McGowan and maybe a Milligan if they if they have uh, if they really need to play uh, someone who has to do a job for you and take him out of midfield, giving that he's got other midfielders there. He might even play a Milligan there at fullback. Uh, with the other fullback with Jason Davidson, he's got very few options. Uh, he tried Mackay there the other day and, and Bazanic, yep. uh, but they're not specialist fullbacks. So I think we're really thin in those fullback positions. So I was really surprised. Someone like a Luke Wilkshire who can play right back and has played left back in... Uh, he in played the- a World Cup. He played in the last two World Cups, yeah. too. This is going to be his third one. And given we've got so so little experience in that back line, I was surprised he, he got cut with all the rumours last night. If anyone was following last night, you know, there were reports on Fox Sports News that Mackay was going to be cut and they couldn't confirm it. Then there was Vidisic and then there was someone like, I think at one stage they were talking about Bresciano. I mean, there was just so many rumours flying around last night. In the end, it was Wilkshire. And it, it, it does surprise me, even though it's a, it's a really brave brave move. I think it's a risky move too because of the yeah. fact that he can, he's very adaptable and he can play in a number of positions and he's got all the experience in the world. I think he's played 80 times for Australia. So, yeah, 80. interesting. Interesting. He played 80, 80 times. times for Australia, Has yes. He really? He's played a lot of games. Mm. Righty out. Well, that's the, the squad. Three goalkeepers, six defenders, ten midfielders, four strikers. So I'll go through on Bozanich, Bresciano, Kale, Davidson, Frenich, Galekovic, Halloran, Holland, Jednak, Langerak, what of axe. Uh, Leckie, Luongo, Mossimo, Mossimo yeah. Luongo is a good story. McGowan, McKay, Milligan, or Ryan Speranovic. Taggart is another good story. Uh, Troisi, excellent uh, excellent A-leg season got him there. Yep. The back half of that. Vitisic, Wilkinson, and Bailey Wright, the boy from Preston North End, has made the 23. Who I've, I've heard from a couple of players within the camp, of, from people around the camp, saying that Bailey Wright's actually impressed them in camp. So he's a left-sided uh, central defender who I wonder if they were really pressed whether they could play him as a left-sided fullback too. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's happening there, but it's all about balance. It's all about adaptability because uh, already Ange has been crueled by, his squad's been crueled by injury. I mean, from Robbie Cruz to Williams. Uh, Robbie yeah, Williams? Uh, Ro- oh, oh, Robbie Cruz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the likes of uh, Sainsbury and also um, Curtis Good and these sort of players. I mean, yeah. they Three of those guys would have been playing in the starting lineup. So uh, I think he's just gone for adaptability uh, and guys who are fit. And having said that, I mean, people might say, well, Bresch has hardly played and, and uh, is not really at his best at the moment. But Ange justifies that by saying he's a point of difference. He's a creative outlet that we don't have. So, uh, again, you go with him rather than Tommy Rogic uh, and Tommy, he may not have been ready for any of the games. So uh, tough, tough decisions. Uh, but, you know, he'll have to live with that. I don't think... For those people out there who are really outraged by the omission of uh, someone like a Luke Wilkshire, I don't think Luke Wilkshire would have made us would have uh, made us better in in that we would have won games with him and we'll lose games without him. He was just another a good option for us. Yeah. I don't think he would have been a difference between us winning and losing. Well, certainly not the title. Yeah. Uh, Nineteen past one. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us. We've gone through the squad. We'll get your calls after the break. Jimmy, Peter, Paul, Andrew coming to you very very shortly. Let us know what you think. With the main man from Fortiagos.com. And of course, the boys back tonight, 11 pm until 12 on SEN. On 11.16 SEN, halftime with Daniel Harford for Midas. All for Tradies Online trade supplies just for Tradies and Waverley BMW. First class service is our commitment. 22 past one, Carlos Alberto Diego is with us. And I did say before the break, the boys will be back tonight, but. Carlos telling me yep. 
Uh, no, no four Diego's tonight from 11 because of the Hall of Fame, the AFL Hall of Fame with uh, Finey and Rowan Connolly from 7. That's going through until midnight, must yeah, be. Yeah, no, we're, we're still getting together and just doing something in my just living room. Yeah, yeah, just in the living room. <laughs> uh, really, our shows on air is a one type of show, but uh, outside that, oh. there's, uh, ex- there excellent, a, shows. excellent shows. Excellent shows. They are it too. Let's get to our calls, Carlos. nine four two nine eleven sixteen on the World Cup squad, the emissions, and uh, who you think was a bit stiff. Well, what do you think is good about it? Peter's on the road. G'day, Pete. Yeah, guys. How you doing? Going good, well. Mate. Excellent, Carlos. I'm ridiculously jealous and not overspringing my pants too, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like going on. Um, just quickly, just with Wilkshire's omission, um, I don't see where the depth will come from. You said McGowan might be able to play right back. If you remember against Brazil, he got torn apart yeah. right back yeah. on the wing, and uh, the Spain and, and Chile and, and the Dutch won't be, won't be much better to us. Um, but would a youngster like Berlante sort of, with Wilkshire's omission in mind, would we have been someone that could have slot in? And the other question I've got is, um, who do you see having a, a breakout sort of World Cup, someone from the Australia squad that could potentially get a big move or, or something like that? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, you make some really good points about McGowan, mate. We've got, a, we've got nightmare thoughts about him, obviously, when you reflect back to that game against Brazil. Neymar ripped him apart, but uh, if you look at the rest of the side, they weren't he didn't have a lot of mates around him to to help out much, and the, we were just a shambles. So I'd hate to think uh, something like that was going to happen again. I think we'll be more compact. I think they'll be more organised. I think the mobility around the ground to get to challenges and to close people down will be a lot better. And they'll and they'll hopefully, uh, but this is where I've got a little bit of a you know a little bit worried about it. But hopefully we'll be. Uh, as well organised as we can be. I think with more games, these boys will be better organised, but uh, we'll have an element of organisation that wouldn't isolate someone like a McGowan if he had the plane there. Yeah, Berlanti, you know, I think uh, he can't wait to bring Berlanti in, I reckon. I think he, he would, didn't want to risk him in this World Cup, but I think uh, as soon as the World Cup's over, he'll bring someone like a Berlanti in because he's a terrific player, very adaptable, can play either full-backs in midfield, and, uh, and he's got an eye for goal too, so... Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a guy that you'd look at. Um, and the, the, the guy who might jump out of the ground, uh, look, you know, people might uh, accuse us of being a little bit biased here because he's our very own. Oh, I know who you're going. Yeah, but Jason Davidson, I, I, I just can't. If people, if people had seen what I saw when I was in Holland, I saw him play against Ajax, how comfortable he was. He was in the top three players on the pitch. And no one knows. He's actually been under the radar here in Australia about how well he uh, has been going over there. And, uh, and, I, and, and I know... You know him telling us that he he likes being under the radar. He doesn't really want to have a big name out there. But he's a guy that, uh, with a bit of luck, and and if the team plays reasonably well, he might show a little bit there. But you know, someone like an Oli Bazanic. Apparently, he played really well in the yeah, practice I'll match the other day. He scored a goal. He played well against uh, South Africa. He's got some real uh, guts and determination about him. But he's a he's a very direct type of player too. So he's he's a guy that uh, if he gets an opportunity, might uh, do well. Uh, but not having not. Going through the all the all the squad, but someone like a, a Matthew Sparanov, Sparanovich has got a lot to prove. He's a guy that's been in, the, in and around the squad for a while. Uh, a lot of accusations of unfulfilled potential, uh, but he's a guy that uh, in this environment he's got to stand up and be a leader in that middle of that defence. He might be terrific, and Matty Ryan's already making a name for himself in Belgium. So there's a there's a few of them there. Um, you know, Troy Easy might uh, just go that next step from his A-League form and do really well. The one I'm really happy for, and you actually mentioned it a bit earlier, half, is, uh, is Adam Taggart. Yep. He's a guy that I thought they were going to cut because he's 21, he's a striker, he's not going to get much game time. But he scored again. I mean, the guy just lives to score goals. 
Uh, job. He, yeah, he feels he feels like it's a job. He feels like that's what he's made to do, and it's all one. It's, that doesn't wonder much about will I score or not. At the forefront of his mind is that I'm going to score, mm. and if he doesn't, he gets really disappointed. So it's the other way as a striker, and that's what you want him to be. As a 21 year old, uh, deadly around goals, scored a, a, a really opportunistic goal the other night. He's a guy that I'm really really happy for, and geez, you know, if he gets a go uh, and gets gets lucky. Uh, it's a terrific, Lucky. yeah. Gets a, it's a terrific part, a part of his development, his growth, and and I'm really happy for him. So there, there could be a few of them there, Peter. But uh, look, it, it, a lot of things have got to go well. Uh, the up, the opposition have got to probably uh, be a bit uh, below, you know, their their level, uh, and that could happen in that first game against Chile. And like I said, if we start off well, anything can happen after that. Peter, I like your work. Uh, you've won a double pass to the George Stadium, one three five Fitzroy Street, St Kilda. The what's the opening match of the twenty fourteen World Cup? Brazil and Croatia, Friday thirteenth of June. Festivalfootball.com.au for more details on that. Plus, this is an excellent little addition. Uh, in the draw to win a half carat diamond studded earring in fourteen carat white gold, recommended retail eighteen hundred and fifty dollars from the Diamond Guys for blokes who love women who love diamonds. Diamondguys.com.au. Andrew in Hyatt. G'day. G'day, guys. Hey, Carlos. Just want to talk about three goalkeepers, mate. Just seems like a waste of a position when he's just going to train, sit around, do nothing. When you could potentially have Kennedy in the squad, his back may come good. He'd offer a lot more to the, the team than someone just sitting around and doing nothing. Yeah, look, good point because uh, the, you know goalkeepers who have gone to World Cups and there's been a few of them. Who uh, who just sit there and and some of them have been to three World Cups and do nothing because they're always uh, like second or third goalkeeper. But if you think about it, if one of those guys gets injured, yep. suddenly there's only two left. Yep, and, and there might be a card incident. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can't you can't go into a World Cup game or be in a World Cup game where your number one keeper has been sent off and you can't bring a specialist keeper on. You've got to maybe get someone from the outfield or someone off the bench who's an outfield player. What do you do there if 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 you only have two say and yep. you're Sorry, I only have one. Yep. And they get red carded. Say, what happens? Well, you, I mean, you're one of your. You can. You, what generally happens is you you substitute a player. You sacrifice a player on the pitch. Yep. Bring another player on. Uh, it may well be someone who uh, who reckons he can. He's worn gloves when he was a junior or something. Right, or, someone... Yeah, we're just one of the outfield players who right. who might uh, fancy himself in goals. And sometimes they actually train this. You know, train players in in the squad. Uh, in a bit of goalkeeping practice, because if something like that happens, where both your goalkeepers gets injured, and you and you don't have a third one that you can bring in, uh, you have a, an outfield player who fancies himself with the gloves on uh, to go in there. And I'm not sure when that last happened in the World Cup, but it has happened in the league at different times. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so um, no, you, you usually sacrifice. Uh, one of your forwards or something like that, or a, a player who's really a one-way player, and you bring you, you know bring another player on, and you and someone else takes the gloves. Well, interesting. But three does sound a lot when you think about it. But when you break it down, like yeah. Carlos, you don't think it's the it's the number. You've got to do it. It's yeah. What you've got to have. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. You've won a fifty dollars voucher from Book Talk Food for Body and Mind just down the road here in Swan Street, Richmond, and you're in the draw for the Diamond Star of the Earrings from the Diamond you as well. Thank you for that. Just on, before we leave that, Carlos, uh, just on Kennedy and Wilkshire, there is there was some suggestion last night that this effectively ends their international mm. careers. Do you agree with that? Pretty much, I reckon. Uh, I mean, a lot of the talk uh, around Wilkshire's omission was 
uh, he, that Ange has put in place a transitional process uh, that he wants to give the younger guys a go, and he used that in some of his explanation of not uh, having Wilkshire in the squad. So I would think that he certainly would come that, under that category. Um, there's talk about Josh Kennedy perhaps coming back and playing for Melbourne Hart in the A-League. Now, if he has a, a blinding season uh, and scores you know, every second week, uh, it'd be hard for him not to be included, especially yep. if, uh, you know, especially with the Asian Cup playing it on your own soil, and you're going to have a lot of the ball. And I mean, that's what could save someone like a Josh Kennedy is that in that Asian Cup, uh, he's obviously going to be a, a, a frightening, uh, you know, thought for a lot of the opposition teams. And uh, Australia's going to have a lot of the ball. And if they're going to have a lot of the ball, most likely he'll be involved a lot if he's playing as a pointy prong up front. So, um, so yeah, so I, he may still be a bloke that they might consider if he has a good A-League season and he impresses, uh, only because of the opposition in the Asian Cup. But I don't know beyond that whether he would be looked at. Okay. All right. Well, that's a bit of feedback there for Carlos on the squad. We'll move on after the break. We'll talk about some uh, of the local signings. Have you got any rumours for us or got feedback on the signings that have been made by the A-League clubs, particularly the Hart slash City and uh, Victory? Let's get on the line. 9429-1116. Also want to talk slash funds with you, Carlos. Qatar 2022. Mm. Lots to talk about. Join us after this. On 1116 SEN, Halftime with Daniel Harford for Midas. All for tradies online trade supplies just for tradies and Waverley BMW. The all-new BMW X5 is now available. 22 to 4, Carlos. 22 to 4. 22 to 2. <laughs> you, wish, you wish it was 22 to <laughs> That would be okay. I'd yeah. be okay with that. Yeah. I would be okay with that. But it means I would have missed you for 20 minutes. So that's not cool. Uh, 22 to 2 on halftime. Carlos is with us. It's his last week before he heads off to Rio. We're going to catch up with him throughout the journey, though, throughout the World Cup journey. So don't fear, all you World Game fans. He'll still be with us. But this is the last physical edition we'll get with Carlos until he gets back from the World Cup. Carlos, tell me. Uh, Carl Valeri signed with the Melbourne Victory. What's that going to mean? That's terrific. He's, he's, he's such a good player, um, and he'd be in that World Cup squad right now. Ange loves him. He had him as uh, his uh, a player in the underage Australian teams that he was coaching, and uh, he's so well respected. Spent something like twelve years in Italy. A very well respected player over there too, playing in City of B most of the time. But. Banana? Uh, uh, Tanana in City Tanana? of B, but he was with a team called Sassuolo, Sassuolo too, generally. who uh, got promoted to the, uh, the City R, who, uh, but he, he was injured that whole time. He's had, he's had a lot of injuries. Do we have problems. any players, know, Carlos, know, that are not injured just at the minute? Don't remind me. Don't remind me about how, Is how bad Is there anyone fit out there? At I know. The they just, and their injuries are long-term painful ones too. It's like, it's not like, you know, these little one or two week hamstrings. I'm not sure. And it's, you can't put it down to any, any way that an Australian player prepares compared to everyone else, because they're playing in different countries at different times, different conditions. Uh, he just has he just had a horrific time over the last three years, I reckon, in injury. Uh, but it's good that he's back here. Uh, he's still around the twenty nine mark, I think. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. Uh, uh, early, you know, he's thirty late in the year. Yeah, so he's still going to be really good. A real passer of the ball, really tough in the tackle. He's going to be a terrific little uh, you know cog in that uh, Kevin Musket team, I reckon. Is he a now, you have to help me out here. Is he a Bruch-style player? Because Bessar Bruch is coming in, of course, the Melbourne victory. Is he a player that could bring him into the game? No, he's, like more, no, he's more a Vinnie Grella-type player. Vinnie Grella, yeah, just like sit, you sit him in front of the back four and right. just commands everything. But just he, a bit Mark Milligan-ish? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and, and I think they might even give uh, Carl a little bit more licence to get forward because he does actually like a shot on goal now and again too. But he tends to... 
he tends to sit in front of the back four and he just protects that back four. And right. but when he uses the ball, he uses it quite well from that deep area, uh, which is a these days in football, if you've got a player who's creative sitting in the back in front of the back four, well, they can be really influential influential in your team. So uh, yeah, no, I really really love Carl Valeri, and he would have been in that squad probably playing in that first game if he was fit against Chile. Do we know if uh, David Villa is coming to town, Carlos, <laughs> NY, New York City? Yeah. What are they called? Uh, New, York New York City Football Club. NYCFC. Yeah, they're obviously one of the, one of the clubs he owned. He signed by, with them, hasn't he? He signed with them, the first major signing. And uh, if you get on the, the web and you, and you type in David Villa, you know, signing for New York Football Club, there might be a, an image that comes up of this huge billboard that's in the middle of uh, New York that takes up a whole building, uh, David Villa coming to town or something like that. It's, it's really? terrific. It looks really great. Uh, but, that, of course, New York Football Club is a team that's owned by the Shakes that own uh, Manchester City also, and they'll be in sky blue. Uh, and, of course, uh, they're part of the stable that Melbourne Heart are part of now with, uh, with the ownership of the, uh, of the uh, Abu Dhabi Royal family. So, uh, yeah, there's talk that they might come... Be- because I think the MLS starts a little bit later next season. So yeah. instead of having him doing nothing for a while, they might uh, get him involved, maybe play 10 games or so with the Melbourne Heart. And the other one, Frank Lampard's just signed for them too. So uh, there's talk that maybe uh, one, or, or if they can manage it, two of them, uh, maybe play a bit of a guest stint in the A-League. I, I'm not a fan of guest players because, you know, they come for a bit and then they go and they might disrupt teams. And, you know, they're sort of just, they, they tease you and then they go. Tease you. Yeah, and, uh, and they, don't, don't, they don't often play all that well either when they come. So um, because it's just such a short period of time to get to know the players, get to know the system, and then they go. So, but someone like a David Villa is a striker, is a gun. Uh, played for Atletico Madrid that won the champ, uh, won the uh, La Liga. Um, yeah, uh, up until recently, been in the, in the Spanish squad too. So this guy's a gun. And Frank Lampard, well, we all know Frank Lampard. So if there's any, and I know we're getting some stuff off the SMS right now about whether Melbourne Heart are going to change their name. Well, this might be a little bit of a hint. The City Football Schools Clinics are coming to Australia with uh, Manchester City, oh. um, Manchester City coaches uh, running them, and they're going to be run. Uh, uh, through June and July. And if you want to know more about the City Football School Clinics, get on the Melbourne Heart website. So there might be a little bit of an indicator about uh, where Melbourne Heart's going to go with their name. Even though they won't be able to use the colours, we're, we're led to believe. Oh, yeah, that's true, because the FFA have uh, ruled that out. But I wonder whether uh, Manchester City or the, the owners of Manchester City will allow Mel- Melbourne Heart to change their name to Melbourne City if they don't get the colours because it's part of the branding. The colours and the name are part of the branding. Yeah. It might not make sense for them to change the name and still have red and white. So uh, maybe the name might not change. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. All right. You mentioned Frank Lampard before. He's our second favourite Frank in the world of football. The other one is Francis Leach. Uh, g'day, Frank. <laughs> I'm Daniel. How are you, mate? You're g'day, my, bro. you're my favourite. Uh, yeah, you're my favourite, uh, Frank. He's our favourite, oh. Frank. Oh, I, yeah, David. Uh, no, no, Frank above, uh, no, but above. You haven't obviously, yeah, you Frank obviously Lampard. haven't seen Francis Leach play football. Frank Lampard's our second favourite. No, he's better than Frank Lampard for me. <laughs> oh, thank you, Frank. Thank you're you, ready Carlos. to uh, take off for the World Cup very, very soon. Uh, Carlos is going to be there as well. You'll be high fiving each other along the way, I'm sure. What did you make of the squad last night? Oh, I, see, Luke Wilkshire admission was the one that was uh, the most startling, I guess, for most people. I wasn't so surprised. I don't think he, and I think Carlos has probably talked about this, he hasn't really been in Poster Cogley's plan since uh, Ange took over the job. He wasn't picked for those early squads. I think he's seen as part of the furniture that needed to be removed. And to be perfectly honest, I, I don't know what you thought, Carlos. When he stepped out against South Africa, I thought he, he'd uh, 
Yes, yes, bare tyre. Yeah. He, looked, he looked out of condition. I mean, Steve Horvath texted me straight away and said, he's fat. And I went, you're mm. right. He just didn't look like he'd, he'd done the training and prepared. And I thought, for a player, particularly on the cusp of selection, he must have known, because he was only brought in because uh, of injury uh, opened up a spot, uh, he didn't look like he was committed to the cause. And, I, you know, and people are saying, yes, he's had World Cup experience, but that's not going to ca- carry for much if he can't get around the park like he used to. So I think that was the right choice. The interesting one for me is uh, Tom Rogic's situation. Now, uh, Carlos, I don't understand what this, what's going on here. I, I, I understand that maybe that the folks at Celtic didn't manage his fitness the way they should have. He's only played a very limited amount of... Uh, of open field football, really. He's a, a futsal player by trade. He's only really played for a part of five or six years playing 11 side football. And maybe the training loads were too heavy for him to try to get up to speed. But the fact that nobody's been able to get this right to the last six months and it's taken till just the eve of the World Cup for him to be omitted from the squad, um, it's, it's either mismanagement or misinformation or both. Yeah, um, no, it's interesting. And really, Francis... You know, it surprises me because Australia's sports science uh, is, in football in particular, is rated up there with the best in the world. So, uh, and Melbourne Victory certainly have the, the top people in Australia doing you know, all the sports science for them uh, and all the physio sort of work. So, I don't know what's happened there. Uh, by all, from all indications, he's trained hard. He's not, he's not a guy that uh, has been lazy in that respect. He just, his body just didn't come good. Uh, I was surprised too with someone like a Curtis Good. He had this hip flexor issue for really since the Ecuador game. And he only started feeling better when he got an injection when he came into camp. I mean, what's he been doing in Scotland all this time? And I, I don't know. I, I just wonder about uh, how players are looked after who are injured and whether the injuries, uh, they, they actually are prolonged because they're not treated properly in the first place. Absolutely, and because the uh, Foot Federation here doesn't have control over the way they're treated and the standards would vary, and other agendas are running, like Aberdeen, his club, were in the cup final. Mm. So he would have been desperate to want to play in that and probably pushed himself in ways that he shouldn't have. Uh, at the same time, no doubt, he had the back of his mind that he wanted to be fit for the World Cup, but you know he's got to play, play for his paymaster and try to make himself available. So there are competing agendas there, uh, and you know he's going to be desperately missed, even though he's a young player, so highly rated. Uh, and given our paucity of talent at the back, um, yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough couple of weeks, Carlos. But we go with stepping our heart. No, no, play with five up front. Prolific <laughs> prongs. It's all about Let's, the prongs. Caution to the wind, Francis. Yeah, you score four, we'll score five. <laughs> That's right. And you've got a couple of prongs at uh, the Corner Hotel, have you, Frank, for presentation night number three? Presentation night number three, uh, half, yes. A bit like uh, Return of the Jedi, the third one will be the best. Uh, <laughs> and it will be uh, tonight, Cameron Ling, the mayor of Geelong. He's, he, we're going to talk about that. Um, uh, my theory on uh, Darren Lyons is that he is just uh, a, a deep a deep plant. Uh, He's a decoy, he is. Yeah, no, what he is, he is uh, one of the uh, players from one of, one of Geelong's mess-up days, their yeah, muck-up day. Right. Still, in co- still in costume. Uh, <laughs> Who's taken over the, the mayoralty of Geelong? So we're going to try and find out who that is. And because Cameron will be amongst friends, uh, we might run a bit of an intervention on behalf of people who care about his mental health to try to prevent him from ever becoming an AFL coach. <laughs> <laughs> because because he's such a nice guy. We don't want to see him, you know, uh, becoming you know taciturn, and he might be the first redhead ever to go grey. We want to, we actually want to prevent that from happening. So there'll be that, and Paul Dempsey from something for Kate is the other part of the equation. So. Uh, they're just celebrating their 20th anniversary together. And, uh, yeah, we'll get together, play a few tunes, have a chat, muck around. You're good. What time are we getting there? 
Uh, 8 o'clock for an 8.30 start. Um, it's always a great night, and uh, I think there's still some tickets at the door, so if you want to come along down and uh, hear Lingy and uh, listen to Paul Dempsey from Sunday for Kate and me asking the hard questions and the stupid ones, get down there. Sounds like a hell of a time. Corner Hotel tonight, presentation night number three, Cameron Ling and Paul Dempsey with our very own Francis Leach. Have a great World Cup, Frank. Thanks, mate. All the best. Frank with us uh, there. I'll have to the World Cup with you, Carlos. Not... Next to your seat, I don't think, on the aeroplane, but uh, he'll no, be he's, there. he's in first class. Oh, he's turning left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He probably is He, he would. He's a shock. He keeps it quiet. On 11.16 SEN, Halftime with Daniel Harford for Midas. All for tradies online trade supplies just for tradies and Waverley BMW. The all-new BMW 4 Series is now available. Traffic alert to right-hand lanes closed on Westgate Bridge inbound. Heavy delays as far back as Western Ring Road, says the Twitter sphere. So avoid. John's in Greensboro. Uh, hopefully he's not there. G'day, John. Fellas, how you going? Good. Good, mate. No, I've got a good run, so I'm not there. Well played. <laughs> uh, look, I just wanted to ask, guys, um, what's wrong with um, uh, Melbourne Hart actually retaining their, um, their red and white to their away uh, jumper? In most leagues in the world, there's actually three... Uh, three jumpers is the home, the away, um, and the clash. Uh, from, from I suppose the the owners of the club now. Uh, I think part of the the purchase of Melbourne Heart was all about the branding. You know, the the sky blue and the and the name change uh, to coincide with what they're doing in New York and what they've done in Manchester City, yeah. and what no doubt what they're going to do elsewhere around the world. Uh, so from their point of view, that's probably the only reason why they bought into the club is to, is to further the brand. So they might have a problem with that. Uh, the FFR, I'm not sure. I mean, they've just come out and they've backed Sydney. And if you really look at, uh, you know, Sydney's point of view is, well, why, you know, if, if, if someone else is going to come into this marketplace and they're doing it because of a branding issue, uh, that's that's commercial interests that they might have. So, you know, why would Sydney make it easy for for Melbourne Heart to change their colours if if it's because of a commercial branding issue? Uh, it just takes away from their opportunities. And and look, that's if you that's Sydney's argument. Uh, but there's other arguments saying, well, you know, what what what's the issue with a colour? If you're getting someone investing as much money as Mel, uh, Manchester City are investing, uh, why can't you just have maybe different shades of blue or whatever. Oh. Just get around it that way. So I don't know. Look, I don't know. If, I don't know if FFA have made a decision. I don't think they'll go back on that now. So it'll be interesting to see what Melbourne Heart do now by way of name change and also what they're going to do with their colours. John, thank you for your call. You have won uh, the red and white wine from AR Property Investments. We solved the property investment puzzle for you. And in the draw for the Diamond Start of the Earrings from thediamondguys.com.au. And because I care, I'll throw in SEN's Inside Footy magazine as well. Thank you for that. Carlos, um, next week, I reckon, Yep. we need some predictions from you. Mm. So I'm going to give you a week to get your head around the squad. Just need to see the Croatia game, that's all. The Croatia game. And, and I'll then give, have a better idea. Absolutely. As we kick off a World Cup campaign, it's going to be very, very exciting. Back